this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 123 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode The Art of Finishing What You Started, or Start, or whatever you want to say. But I want to remind you guys before I begin that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief, uh, Monday morning, 7 a.m. So go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, uh, drop me a line, uh, let me know what you think of the show, or if you have a question or something like that, uh, go there. Or you can go to Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store, subscribe, give me the likes, the stars, the reviews, stuff like that, it helps me out. And you can find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. So I will get better about promoting this stuff, but go there if you want to interact with me, I'm pretty open. Um, so yeah, that's the intro. So, um, just to, uh, I'm calling this episode, the art of finishing what you start, but, um, this isn't me berating anybody. This is really just something that I've kind of thought about and I've talked about around the edges in other podcasts, but I actually did some deep diving and some research about finishing projects and what that means to your brain and what that does to your brain. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I have been finishing projects. I've been completing games for the podcast. I've been writing some things that I'm ready to turn into an editor. I got another lead from a friend of mine for somebody else that might produce or whatever, might do something with another work of mine. And so I'm actually getting things done and hitting deadlines at work. Although I'm having kind of a crazy erratic schedule right now, I am completing jobs. So I have this like overall sense of not accomplishment um, because I think that's a very, a, a very lofty goal. But I think that I am feeling better you know, when you get things done and kind of put things away and say, I'm done with that, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Those are always really good feelings. And I just wanted to read about it and kind of, uh, you know, research the psychology about it. Uh, some of the things that I read were more about like how to finish things um, that you've started. And this is how to like what happens when you finish things. But um, before I get on to that, really, I know I probably should have done this in the intro, but um, I was thinking about this. Uh, I want to give, uh, you know, talk about someone that passed away in the gaming space. Since I cover a lot of stuff with games, um, I just thought it would be nice. You know, we do talk about grief and gaming. And um, on um, four days ago, uh, actually, they have the date right here. Um, I'm just going to read this. This is from uh, Destructoid, and this was written by Chris uh, Mosey. And I'm just going to read this. Um, on September 16th, 2021, the world, and particular, and in particular the gaming industry, lost an important pioneer. Sir, Sa- Sir Clive Sinclair, the British-born inventor behind the Sinclair ZX Spectrum, passed away after a long illness. Uh, he was 81. Um, and I'm just going to read this uh, first paragraph. From the 1960s through the 1980s, Sir Clive was responsible for numerous electronic inventions and t- technological adaptions, such as the pocket calculator. His, ga- his greatest contribution to society, however, is the ZX Spectrum, a range of home computers specifically designed to be affordable for the average family household. Sir Clive's company, Sinclair Research, produced the ZX80 in 1980, to be followed by the ZX81 and the immensely popular ZX Spectrum, famed for its cute streamlined design and rubber keyboard. Um, they go on and on to talk about other things he can attribute to, but the number one thing I kept reading about him, this is just the story I picked, I read a little bit more about him in his life, is he was the first one to basically make home computers affordable. And that is something that we had here with like the Texas Instrument, obviously, uh, since the article and I said it, he's British, but, um, you know, 
we don't have, you know, with books and things like that and other mediums, um, I guess um, Pioneer is kind of thrown around a lot, but I think, you know, uh, Nolan Bushnell with Atari and Shigeru Miyamoto and Nintendo, like, I don't think um, Mr. Sinclair got as much credit, maybe. Maybe uh, in Britain, I mean, they know him, he's obviously a figure, but I just wanted to make maybe a new audience aware that there's other people out there that are like contributing to video games and he of course made a uh, home video game console affordable for people to have in their homes and what i've heard from podcasts as was too some of them were british podcasts uh some of them are gaming podcasts uh you know it's not a lot of voices but many of them are saying you know he's the reason why i'm here that um he made everything he did was affordable for my family and i to afford a home computer and i probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him so Rest in peace. Uh, thank you for your contributions. I mean, the pocket calculator, that's a big one too. So, um, yeah, just uh, rest in peace, man. And I'm, I'm, uh, I hope his family is doing, uh, you know, the best they can with the current situation. Uh, I'm not going to make some giant soliloquy about grief. Um, I just hope you guys are having the best that you can and just having good memories of him because he sounds like a, an amazing guy. So, um, yeah, so back on to the original topic um, the art of finishing. So here's the deal. Like I said, I've been finishing a lot of stuff in my life. I have been completing tasks and I just wanted to read more about why I feel better, kind of my attitude and everything because I'm finishing these things. So I found a bunch of articles. Again, I'm a big fan of psychology today, but some of these articles are not from, uh, psychology today. I found one from, um, I believe this is the medium but this is like a really weird, their font is really weird. Their text is strange. Um, it's really weird. But anyway, this is, again, I believe from the medium, but um, it's like they have a logo. They don't have a, it, oh yeah. So from the medium.com, sorry. Uh, uh, it's from Sudi Hamani. Um, it came out on October 23rd, 2020. Um, and I just want to read kind of the beginning of like why, you know, why are we obsessed with, uh, it's called, why are we obsessed with finishing things? And there's just all these general notes and things, but I want to read this quote because I think this kind of sums up why we are literally obsessed with finishing things. You squeeze your day into chunks of manageable tasks because the more margins you see on your journal, uh, the more satisfied you feel after completing the items in the list after a long day, even if they are nothing spectacular. You divide your focus into many things, not just one or two. Your day revolves around various responsibilities, not connected to each other. You like the busyness of the hectic pace of your day, stress-driven but lively. Um, then it goes on and on, and I think this part is important. Uh, it says, always living in the non-existent future. We are not living in the moment. When we're engaging in this sort of behavior, we're always thinking about the next thing rather than giving our full attention to what is in front of us. Our concentration is suffering. And that, I think, is like a big deal. I think, you know, uh, Yoda said it best. Um, you know, your mind's always, it's not in the moment what you should be doing now. You know, he berated Luke in um, Empire Strikes Back. And I know it's a fictional movie and Yoda's a puppet, but so many times in our life we're always thinking about Okay, I got that done. Now what do I have to do next? Or I'm about to finish this. What do I have to do next? Like to be honest, um, as I'm doing this, I'm obviously recording this 
I'm aware that I have to finish this. But part of me is like, well, I'm working nights for a few hours tonight. Not bad. But I, I'm thinking about, okay, I still got to punch into work. I still got to grab some things from our factory. I still got to go to this job site. Um, and then I'm really just waiting to get to the end of the night so I can just relax. And that's a terrible feeling to get through of like just not um, not being in the moment. And I think when you finish something, uh, you have that feeling. And um, here's another article from Psychology Today. Uh, this guy is actually not a psychologist. His name's uh, Gregory Ciotti. Uh, he wrote an article, The Importance of Finishing What You Start. If you don't ship it, you'll never know. And he has, you know, an intro and stuff like that. But he actually quotes another book, which is said affected him. And I, I'm just going to read this. So he is, uh, Gregory is quoting um, Seth Gooden, who was a champion. I'm just going to read this. Seth Gooden, a champion and voice in the art of achieving an end product, wrote on the difference between being ready and being prepared. And then uh, in the 1990 Use book series, uh, Make Your Mark, The Creative Guide to Building a Business with Impact. Quote, we tell people that the route to the route to Carnegie Hall is paid with practice, practice, practice. But practice is another word for preparation. I'm not talking about being prepared. Preparation isn't the same as ready. Ready is an emotional choice. The decision to put something into the world, into the world and say, here, I made this. The emotional choice of exposing ourselves and shipping that shipping the work. The paradox is obvious. The more important the idea, the less we can be ready. And so we fret that the world or our market isn't ready for the leap. The world isn't ready for mixed race couples or gay marriage or a woman CEO. We say the market isn't ready for a $400 smartphone or ebooks or a national brand of vegan ice cream. We say it's too soon, we say. Everywhere we turn, the doors appear to be closed, not open. Here's the thing. Every idea that matters hits the market too soon. While you're busy practicing and preparing, you're also hiding from the market, keeping your, your worthy and world-challenging idea from the rest of us. If you wait until you're ready, it is almost certainly too late. So here's the deal. I This hit pretty hard when I read it because I think for a long time um, I was depressed, going through a lot of stuff, grief. Obviously, I'm doing this podcast because of grief. Um, but I, I wasn't writing. But then this this perfectionist part kicked me and said, well, if I can't make it perfect, I will never, you know, if I can't make it perfect, what's the point in putting it out there? Or if you're like me and you play video games, you watch movies, you read books, whatever you do, you see something that is so good and maybe, maybe you want to write and you're a writer and you read a really good book and you say, what is the point of writing? I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to be as amazing as this person here. I'm never going to be an amazing filmmaker like that guy just, you know, or woman, whoever. I just saw this filmmaker make a movie. I'm never going to be this good. I'm never going to make, uh, you know, Schindler's List, you know. And, and, and when you, you know, compare yourself to other people, that is very damning and that hurts you, you know. And, and I think this idea of, hey, you know, not everybody got it right on the first time. I, I have this theory and I've talked about it on the podcast before. My theory is that artists, you know, they never nail it. Um, we all say, man, that was a good movie. That was a good book. Again, that was a good game, whatever, whatever the art is. That, that's an amazing painting. But very few artists, I, I can only think of one and not even one anymore. There was one in my book, um, 
um, but I can't think of the one. It's been removed. Uh, Harper Lee, who wrote uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, that was her only real book. It wasn't until after she passed away that they published another version of To Kill a Mockingbird, from what I can understand. I read some reviews, and it was... Anyway, my point is, people keep creating because they like, ah, I got like 80% of the way there of what I wanted. Or maybe they're like, ah, I have more to say. You know, they didn't say everything they wanted to say, and they want to say it better. And so all in this article is more about... Uh, I, I'm not going to read every quote, but you know, not only putting yourself out there saying, I'm ready for someone to look at this, you know, I'm ready for feedback. It is also that idea of um, I'm, I'm going to pick up what I can from this and I'm going to move on to the next idea. What did I learn from putting this out there? You know, um, Did I miss a comma? Ah, this sentence didn't really, um, you know, didn't really hit. I mean, to be fully honest, I have a deadline with an editor uh, for a comic book uh, publisher in a few days. Now, here's the deal. It's the first time I've ever submitted anything to an editor. Um, I've been looking over the same 18 pages for weeks, trying to make sure that it's right, it's my best foot forward, it's engaging. Um, if, again, if, this is a big if, if uh, it gets accepted and goes to publish, I don't know anything about comics. And so part of me is I'm passionate about the idea. I love these uh, characters I've created, but I want to be part of the process too and learn about the process. And uh, maybe it'll change um, some other ideas I have because I write movie scripts, but I, I, it's hard for me to visualize sometimes. Even though I think I have a pretty good imagination, it's hard to visualize how things will work out. And obviously uh, there's storyboarding, which is kind of a cousin to um, comic books, you know, still frames that depict action, they use those in movies all the time, and maybe that will help my brain, you know, seeing, like, if this comic gets published, seeing things in action to help me maybe organize my thoughts in movies better. Um, and so, to me, uh, that is one of the lessons I want to game. And again, it's a big if. I don't know if the editor is going to accept my work or reject it. But also, um, I got an idea for another comic. Not to say that, again, I'm going to drop the one I'm writing now and everything. I have a lot of pages written and a lot of stuff ready to go. Um, but I got another idea. And so... Um, I think that's what it is. And I think that's another thing I learned is, listen, we all want to write a massive book. And I've probably said this before because I'll be honest. I have over 100 episodes. I can't remember everything I said. But I think uh, one of the things they talk about, and I'll probably bring up the next article uh, here, which is um, – I'll do this one. So there's uh, – this is called Five Ways to Finish What You Start and Why You Often Don't. And this is written by Susan K. Peru. She's a PhD. Uh, this was posted on February 25th, 2014. And yes, this is Psychology Today. I should just get a subscription to Psychology Today because I love reading their articles. Um, but basically, she has five steps to avoid getting stuck when you're trying to finish something. And I think these were all good. And um, my point that I was about to make before I cut myself off, I'll talk about it when I get to the point in here. But... Basically, uh, how to avoid getting stuck. Here are a few actions to take before you promise yourself or others that this time you, you'll complete what you start. Become aware of your pattern of starting and stopping. A way of recognizing a possible pattern is to list every past project you can recall, every class, resolution, language, book, or plan you've begun. Maybe a close friend can help. Write down why you started this activity and when and why you stopped. Can you determine any commonalities? Two, Research more deeply into the next project before jumping in. Learn what others have experienced when aiming toward your same goal. 
Don't think you'll be the first one to learn Mandarin in a month or, or the first to complete a novel that needs no revising or the first to lose much weight and keep it off while never feeling a bit of hungry. Uh, three, keep yourself and try to know yourself and try to be realistic. If you're not particularly reality-based in nature, by nature, it may be a useful trait to work on. Setting goals that can't possibly achieve while insisting you can and will really sets you up for failure. And this is the point I was trying to make before I cut myself up when I thought of this article or this point in this article. You know, um, be realistic. Like, I write a lot. Well, not a lot, but I've been writing short stories, right? I like writing short stories. For me to write, I have this idea for something and I've been writing short stories. And I told my therapist, hey, I want to write this i have this idea i want to write it down and maybe it'll be a novel but then like two or three weeks later i thought to myself because i'm writing this stuff for the comics and i'm doing some other stuff i thought why am i making such an unattainable goal for myself why am i jumping from page jumping to 200 plus pages of a novel when i've just started writing basically short stories or short scripts for the comic and some other stuff i'm doing why jump so far to a novel why not just take the idea i have try to work it out as a short story first and foremost. So that way um, I can see if it works, um, you know, see if there's any flaws or anything like that and maybe maybe uh, punch it up a little bit and then maybe see where it goes. Maybe I write it and I finish it and I say, yeah, this is fine as a short story. I've said what I've needed to say. Or I write the short story and go, man, there's a lot here more I'd like to examine. Why don't I try to write this out more? Maybe write make it several parts and write several parts. And I think... That is what it's taken me a long time to set realistic goals uh, for myself. So that's rule number three. So let me just read the rest of these. Number four, make a timeline or write out a set of steps towards your goal. Adding structure to your plans can really help. So many words a day, so much time per week, promise to do this activity and so on. It's not successes you're counting on at this point, but rather specific efforts you can realistically make. So yeah, that's what I've done with my writing. I sit down every day and write. Um, the rewrites go a little bit slower, and I don't do as much when I rewrite because it's a lot more slower and methodical, but I'm still doing it every day. Yesterday was the only day that I, I take Sundays off. Yesterday was an exception because I was incredibly tired. I went from nights to days to nights back to days. So I, was, I, was, I got off early yesterday, and I stared straight ahead, but I know I have this deadline, so today, I'm after I record this, I'm going to do a little bit more rewriting, and then tomorrow I'm looking it over, and then I have to turn it in tomorrow. So that's kind of my goal. Again, I don't know if it's going to be accepted, but as I told my therapist, if I at least get the thing that I'm writing to an editor, I'm about to be rejected by a new class of person, and I'm okay with that. So I, I've been rejected by a higher rung in the creative ladder, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about uh, <laughs> not being rejected, but I'm, I'm one rock on, on the ladder. Hopefully I can stay there. I don't just get knocked down. But if I do, then I got other stuff I can work on. So yeah. So last one is ensure your main motivation is intrinsic. Do you want, really want to write this for personal reasons or do you finish the book? Uh, or do you think finishing a book will get you lots of money and prestige or the equivalent? You can find pleasure in doing so in the learning. You won't get as anxious when things take longer than expected. Um, yeah. Uh, this is the thing too. I think this happens to me. Um, this happens to me like in between writing, like when I'm writing, all that stuff goes away in my head and I'm just focused on writing what I'm writing and I'm focused in the moment. I'm thinking of the characters. I'm thinking of the dialogue, but it isn't until later that I think, 
it'd be great if this got published, you know. And what if what if it went on and do like a cool series? And that stuff, I think, I just kind of ignore it. I just kind of let it wash over me. A bit like grief, where you know what's happening in your brain. You have to experience it. You have to feel it. And then you just kind of let it go. Like, I can't do anything about that. Like, I can't control whether these things get published or rejected. I just have to sit in the moment, experience it, and then let it go. So that's what I'm doing. Um, And now that I know that's how my brain works, uh, I just let it happen and then go on with writing, you know? Um, And I've gotten to the thing, too, where I got this other idea for something else that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I'm not putting down what I'm writing now to turn the end to write that. That would be crazy. I've also noticed that's how my brain works. And I've read this with a lot of writers is you're writing something or creatives in general. If you're creating something midway through the process, things maybe aren't going as fast or as well as you like. And you think to yourself, well, I could just start this other thing. I got this other great idea. And then that kind of, you know, peters out and you're kind of leapfrogging from creative idea to creative idea. And now I know that's how my brain works too. It was something I read about in an old script writing book about like the rules of script writing or whatever. And here's what you might run into. And it was like in the back. And I thought, well, that's funny. That's weird. But then I thought, that's kind of true. I do do that sometimes. So yeah. So what I'm doing now is just, again, realizing that kind of stuff happens and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to take a couple notes on this idea I got uh, just to, you know, refresh myself later. Kind of like having a tape recorder. I just opened my notes program. Here's my idea. Boom. I'm just putting that out there, you know, just, just, it's like three sentences. Boom. There's my idea. Cause I thought some of the terms were funny. It's like a fantasy thing. So I thought, oh, that's a good, that's a good title. This is good. This. And I just wrote it down. That's it. I didn't get lost in the weeds about doing 40 pages of backstory or whatever. I just thought I'm just going to write this down. So I don't forget these words and these phrases and boom, I'm done. It's literally four sentences, three sentences. So that's what I'm trying to do to like manage my brain to be like, all right, brain, you got your little treat of we have something new, but we got to go back and focus on this thing that's due Saturday, basically. So um, Saturday night, Monday, whatever. Um, Yeah. So let me read the last article, um, which is called Why We Hate Not Finishing What We Start and a Possible Route to Greater Satisfaction. Again, this is Psychology Today. Uh, I should stump for them. You know, if I ever get a sponsorship and they need people to sell subscriptions for Psychology Today, I'm here. I'm totally up for selling subscriptions to Psychology Today. Do I have one? No. But you guys should get a subscription to Psychology. You know, I we should all just get subscriptions to Psychology Today. Anyway, um, this was written by Stephanie Sarkis. She's got a PhD. It was posted on March 31st, 2014. Again, Psychology Today. And I have highlighted these parts of the chapter I'm going to read. Uh, and I'm going to butcher this name because it's a Russian name, so I apologize. Uh, I apologize. According to the Zanarki effect... You are much more likely to recall uncompleted tasks than ones you complete. In a 1927 study, Russian psychologist Bluma Zerarknik uh, asked subjects to complete a task. During some of the tasks, the subjects were interrupted before they could finish. When asked later about the task, they recalled the task during which they were interrupted at a much higher rate than those that they were able to complete. It turns out that the brain has a powerful need to finish what it starts. When it can't complete something, it gets stuck on it. Intrusive thoughts about what we sh- we could not finish may pop into our heads as a way to remind the cognitive system that something still needs to be completed. This can include getting closure uh, to issues, and they cite some other uh, it cites some other studies. Uh, the Zanaric effect may also explain why we regret things we didn't do even more than things we regret 
we regret things we did. In other words, we remember regrettable omissions more than we remember regrettable commissions. Uh, this may also explain why we, why when we grieve, we f- focus more on the things we didn't say or didn't do with someone we've lost more than we did experience with them. And uh, again, that one really hit home. You know, the idea that we always think, what, what could have been? What could have been with this person? What could have been with this thing? I didn't finish this project. How would have this gone? How would have that have gone? What would have happened if that person would have called me back? You know, what would have happened if I would have got this job? What would have happened if I talked to this person instead of that person, you know? Um, and not even in a negative way, just like the directions of your life would have gone. And I think we always could be in that situation of what if. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm grappling with. And I've kind of come to terms that uh, this is how my brain functions and I'm, I'm getting better at realizing, you know, it is important to finish what you start. Uh, but again, make attainable goals. Don't, you know, set out to, you know, build a rocket. Um, if you're an engineer, go for it. But there's a lot of safety protocols. Uh, so be careful. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's recently what I've been thinking in my brain of, or, you know, I, I got to finish this. And I think making things smaller chunks and making them more manageable, that was, uh, you know, what I, what I, what has helped me. And then realizing again, Hey, it's almost like, uh, my brain's kind of like a little kid sometimes where you'll be, okay, we're walking. I'll just Joe. All right, Joe, you're walking. And then Joe will see something like a shiny spoon of an idea off to the side and you have to grab Joe by the shoulder and go, Hey man, let's keep going. You know, we're walking down this path. Um, but again, I, I've gotten the idea that the Joe in my brain just wants to look at the thing, say that it's shiny. That's fine. We've acknowledged that shiny. Let's keep going. Let's keep walking down this path. And I think now that I know my brain works like that, and it's been over the past year, I've kind of realized that, um, that's what uh, that's what I have to do to like keep myself on task, and I found it has helped me keep myself on task. I've been writing this comic thing for a while, and I've been able to stay focused on this one thing because I've made a small enough goal that my brain can focus on it. You know, uh, again, I hope I didn't miss anything. You know, you do look at the same thing over and over again. It's hard to, um, you know, cut, have any kind of objection. That's why I'm happy. If, maybe if, if even if the editor doesn't accept my work. Uh, if they say something like, you know, maybe you change this or that, like notes sometimes are good, you know, as long as they're not soul crushing. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I'm really enjoying actually finishing what I start. I hope you guys have that same, uh, feeling. Maybe you got something from today's episode, you know, like the, uh, articles I read, maybe that'll help you out. I know it did really help me. Again, I've kind of nibbled around the edges of this idea, but I think, I think I could finish the idea of finishing. I think uh, I think I put myself out there, so or at least got my ideas out of my head. So, yeah, I think that's it this week, guys. So, um, just to remind you guys, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at seven a.m. Go there. Let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, write me an email. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, let me know what I can do to improve stuff like that. Go to um, the iTunes store or the Google Play store, subscribe to the podcast. It's the Gaming Review Podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a black background. Or you can find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it this week, guys. So enjoy your week, be safe, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>